Hey, listener, I just wanted to pop in real quick and be like, hey, we know my audio in particular has these little bits of like glitchy garbled audio pieces in them. And we don't know what's doing it, whether it's hardware or software. We're still trying to figure that out and get it addressed as soon as possible. If not by the end of this season, then by the beginning of next season. And the way that we've been recording these episodes this season has also been a mess. Just to part the curtain real quick. We've been like perpetually running behind getting this out to y'all. But we're doing our best. And this episode did come out on time, despite its best efforts to try and thwart us. And we're going to see what we can do about that moving forward. All that out of the way. Thanks for listening. I hope it's not that big deal, you guys. Hopefully, uh, my dumb bits and Mark's calm demeanor are helping carry through any audio issues that we may be experiencing. And here's the episode proper. Welcome to The Third One Sucks, where we rank every movie in a franchise from first to worst. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Mark Bell. And I wish Grandma never brought that bird. What are we going to talk about today, Mark? (laughs) I also feel the same about that bird. Today we're talking about Air Bud Spikes Back, a dog-playing sports film written by Anne and Robert Vince, directed by Mike Southen, and distributed by Buena Vista Home Entertainment. Air Bud Spikes Back released on June 24, 2003, and stars Katya Pevic, Jake Smith, Edie McClurg, Chantal Strand, and Tyler Boissonault. What, uh, what's our fan review for this one? Well, Marco Buddyo Pal, our fan review this week comes from Amazon Customer Reviews from Jaylee Barbie, who says, Five stars. A very happy good time movie, and my grandchildren love them. <laughs> <laughs> very happy good time movie. <laughs> there's, there's nothing like a very happy good time movie. <laughs> This review is in here, as you mentioned, from Amazon customer reviews, because there are just no reviews for this move. Like, I went to all our usual, yeah. I say all, I went to the three usual places I check, which sure. are Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> Common Sense Media, and Google reviews, and there just weren't. There, there were not, like, fan yeah. reviews of this film. It's the big three of the internet. Right. That's understandable. <laughs> so we ended up on Amazon customer reviews instead. Yeah, I mean, Amazon customer reviews is a guilty pleasure of mine. (laughs) All right, man. When is the first time you saw this very happy good time movie? I don't know if I would call it that, but I saw it today. (laughs) It was a movie. I did see it. You know what happened? You know when I watched this movie, Mark? Let me lift the veil behind. Okay. Let me me part the curtain here for a moment. I watched this movie directly following the movie film for theaters cocaine bear oh wow and what i've discovered is these movies have forever lowered my expectations for movies (laughs) (laughs) okay because i'm i'm sitting there and i'm watching the cocaine bear and i'm like this bear sure is on the cocaine (laughs) (laughs) it's it's as advertised Look, I was I I wanted to watch that for exactly uh, three reasons. It was like the last movie Ray Liotta did before he died. Sure, Carrie Russell's in it, and I am yep. a noted Carrie Russell enjoyer. Yes, and there's a bear on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, and check. <laughs> check a Rooney. So I went in to watch that, and I got exactly as advertised. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm about to have to watch an Airbud. Comparatively. 
was a pretty decent movie. I'm not saying it was good. <laughs> it definitely had hacky dialogue. I think it was definitely helped by the fact that it was very aware of what kind of movie it wanted to be, and it sure. was that kind of movie. Was it high art? <laughs> no. Was it... I think it was like the Spider-Verse dudes that <laughs> directed this movie. Uh, but, you know, it was fine. Uh, and then I watched an Air Bud. So, did the... In the format of Air Bud, uh-huh. I would expect the Cocaine Bear movie to yeah. end with an inexplicable last scene with the mm-hmm. bear doing cocaine professionally <laughs> Profe- so like i don't know he's not like tim out like tim allen and the bear are snorting cocaine together <laughs> that's a good one no they're uh, <laughs> you watch a movie like cocaine bear and then you your chaser is Airbud the volleyball one and <laughs> You think, okay, I'm primed to get one into this. I know the kind of movie I'm... And it's... It really just shows you that, like, every bad movie you've ever seen isn't really that bad if you (laughs) watch it either right after or right before an Airbud. I think that's I think that's what they exist for. It's just to remind you how bad movies can be. So, so is Airbud now your, like, established cinema litmus test? It's it's a very low bar to clear, <laughs> and our Airbud clears some bars in this movie. But he, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I am forever changed as a human person after having done all of these for this podcast. Like I just fundamentally, my low bar for film has shifted. It's different than it was when I went into this, and I don't know whether to like thank or blame you for that. But that's my piece. Well, that's our goal with this podcast is to change lives, Dan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Our purpose of this podcast is to bring you the good word of Jesus Christ. Yep. And also to make cocaine bear much more palatable. To bring you the good word of buddy Christ. Mark, we... At the time that we are recording this, we just put up the World Pup episode. Somehow, we talked about crucifying the dog in that movie. Yeah. And there being, like, the thieves on either side of him on the fucking... (laughs) On Golgotha. And we never muttered the phrase Buddy Christ. And it's just... I had a statue of the Buddy Christ on my desk all throughout college. We're still learning. We are early in our podcast journey, four years going into this. (laughs) There's time to learn. We'll do better next time. I'm sorry, listener. Mark, when did you see this movie the first time? Oh, yeah, I guess I haven't shared that. I don't know. With my sibling-in-law when they were a child. Here's the thing, though, is I remember nothing of this one. I remembered vaguely there being a parrot. But that is all. Every other movie we've watched, I've hit big scenes where I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember this ridiculous scene. Mark, if you told me that you suppressed this movie out of trauma because of the parrot's presence, I believe you. (laughs) Maybe that was the case, because I remembered nothing of this, including the fact that Noah is now five or six years old. Yeah, that kid grew up. We're opening this movie on Noah, the third of the like the buddy companion lineage from Josh to Andrea to Noah. I don't like this kid, Mark. (laughs) No, this is not a straw. I mean, Josh was a good pal, like a boy and his dog. Good, good starting movie. Uh I think we talked uh, in the last film about Andrea and how much we enjoy her and her girlfriend, Tammy, taking over the 
the mantle of these films. They're totally serviceable as Airbud main characters are concerned. <laughs> sure. As far as having to play second fiddle to a dog that can right. play sports, they're doing a good job. Noah is a noted step down. Now listen, being a child actor yeah. isn't great. I get it. Like, this kid probably had nothing to do with the decision to be in this movie. Some adults oh, told him to do this, but right. it's just not a good performance. He's like bargain bin version of Jamie from Homeward Bound. Oh, the youngest man. Child yeah. No, that's exactly Homeward right. <laughs> I, I would never have thought of that comparison, but you are exactly right. That's who this is. Dime Store Jamie. <laughs> that sounds like an outlaw name. <laughs> that sounds like he's got, off a, with a, with a, big he's got a big iron on his hip. <laughs> yeah, this town's not big enough for more than one dime store Jamie. <laughs> How big is this town? This town is baffling. I have so many questions about the shape of Fernfield based on new information think, in this movie. I think Fernfield is owned by like six rich white people and then a bunch of like middle class like upper middle class white people suburbanites okay i think yep. what it is is that like there's not a lot of people living there but it's real spread out <laughs> that's fair that's because in this movie we learn that they have a beach this this town has beachfront somehow i definitely yeah. thought we were in like illinois or something it's, it's because the community feels like that they feel little America, <laughs> even though they're set like on a coast. It's ridiculous. We've mentioned several times that this apparently takes place in Washington, and my brain still can't like. Oh, that's right. It does take it. place in Washington. You're right. Which is also just like, why do you need to fly to California if you live in Washington? <laughs> that I look. I realize I live in the Midwest, and like an hour to work is normal for us. And sure, people who yep. live in big cities are like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? <laughs> you work five minutes from where you live, <laughs> but. No, it's just spaced out out here. And so I don't understand how this rural community that is seemingly like a beach community, but it's also there's only like 12 families that live there. I yeah. swear to God, every time they go to the fucking like bleachers, and no matter how old the people actually participating are, it looks like you're at a like a little league game. It looks like you oh, are yeah. at. It sure does. Like elementary school basketball meet it's that's what it looks like it does not look like a lot of people live here <laughs> it's absurd to me we already talked about how they don't really have a football field yeah yeah <laughs> the second movie <laughs> so i don't know it seems like every sports team they barely have enough people to take the field and then yeah. the dog ends up joining so i yeah i do not i don't understand that the, the demographics of fernfield i understand that's a very white town but i don't understand yes. how it exists as a town i made it there when we did a bleacher shot i was like there's three black people there <laughs> they got they got three new black people in the city since the last time we checked in on them whoa but no 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 i don't think any minority characters are giving speaking roles in this film oh not at all not <laughs> not are you kidding they had to give that to the parent <laughs> so we open this movie on noah teaching bud to do an obstacle course you know that like the dog obstacle yeah. course you know like run through the tenty thing jump over the stick thing one of those the little boy wants to turn buddy into a show dog apparently also happening two thieves named doug and gordon are in town mm -hmm. yeah this is our knockoff tommy boy couple that is happening 
where <laughs> they're clearly like Dime Store, Chris Farley, and David Spade. I took to calling them Fade and Sparley. Just, just. Nice. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly perfect for these two. They're here bouncing around town in a plumbing van. Yep. Definitely sound like they should be characters on Sesame Street, not professional jewel thieves. Yeah. Doug and Gordon are here to steal the jewel of eternity. If they were on Sesame Street, they would be Muppets, and this would be a Muppets, like the great Muppet caper happening, and this is nowhere near that at all. (laughs) The fabulous baseball diamond. No, this is the volleyball diamond. The jewel of eternity. (laughs) The jewel of eternity. They're here. They're just going to be trucking around. They're going to pop up numerous times throughout this movie. Vanning around. They're here. They are here. Because there's a requirement of the Airbud films to have a weird tertiary villains kidnap a dog subplot. So so that's what they're here for. That's what Doug and Gordon are here to do. They are remarkably afraid of the cops, which, like, fair. Like, honestly, (laughs) I I feel you. I also drive past a cop and go, oh, you could just destroy my entire life if I look at you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's a. Yeah. That one. Yes. Fair. But also, we know the only (laughs) cop in this town. Yeah. And he is maybe the worst. Sheriff Big Hat. Yeah. Yeah, Sheriff Big Hat. He is. He's the person who strolls into the middle of the street to take down Dime Store Noah later in this film. Correct. (laughs) Have to have their shootout. (laughs) He seems to be like a minor celebrity in the town, which I guess maybe is a thing for sheriffs in a white town. Sure. I can. Yeah, that tracks. But the actual important plot here is not. Airbud training for the state fair, nor the theft nope. of the Jewel of Eternity. It is that Bits, Tammy, Andrea's best friend, is moving yes. to California. We don't like that. And it's very clearly a breakup that is happening. Right? Yeah. Like, this is they they spend one last night together. She puts all of her all of their like shared memories of, of things in a box for her. It, come on. <laughs> it's so adorable. They're sort of like sparkly hearts. Uh, glued to picture frames. They're sleeping together under the stars for the last night that she's in town. I feel so bad for these two. In in theory, ostensibly, we're in. I think we're introducing a new love interest in this movie. Maybe in no, the form of the necklace neighbor, whose name I I do not remember. I refuse to remember his name. I just called him a fucking dweeb the entire time. <laughs> But there is never any sense of chemistry between the two of them. No, he's, he's awful. It's like, what? not a lord of Dogtown, but like a serf of Dogtown. He's like nothing. Like This kid has negative riz. Absolutely no charisma whatsoever. Yeah, it's bad. He's just, he's just <laughs> here with his goofy haircut and his bead necklace. He's very he's harmless, though. Like, I have no problem with him as, as a human presence in this film. He's just a dude hanging out playing volleyball. He does not, to me, exhibit any toxic traits frequently associated with teen boys in movies of this era. Yeah, understandable. He's no Tom, that's for sure. (laughs) Correct. But I mean, he's also no anything. Like, he's basically a non-entity. He's aggressively nothing. Other than the guy who moved into Tammy's house, which is not cool. Yeah, he's literally taking up space where she used to exist, (laughs) and I don't like that. Yeah. 
I don't like it. I get out of here. I want our sweet young gay children to be together. What are you talking? Get out of here. And, and you like <laughs> it's. There's a point where there's this whole little montage of her like crying on the couch and then yeah. like, staring at their pictures and then like forlornly staring out over the ocean. <laughs> her body not- lies over the ocean, Dan. <laughs> But yeah, her bits lies over the ocean. It's ridiculous. That we're supposed to just be like they were just. We found two women to buried together in a casket, like holding each other. Yeah, they were very good friends. It was. It's very that energy. It very much is. Yeah, is going on. You're like, are you kidding? Are you? So that's that's going to be the motivation for Andrea throughout this film is Tammy uh-huh. moves away. That's the whole thing. I challenge you to f- tell me that like queer yearning at a distance in a long distance relationship. This is not. <laughs> I I am not going out on a limb here. I am not like a head. Ca- this is barely head cannon is what I'm trying to say. Sure, sure. <laughs> so here's my my major complaint i guess to register with this entire subplot uh-huh. is temmy's as you pointed out not that far away she's in california they're in washington right. temmy's family has basically issued an open invitation for her to come visit this summer mm-hmm. and andrea's clearly wealthy parents are like well maybe if you can get enough money together on your own uh-huh. what the hell guys I, the whole time that they're like, oh, well, they're looking back and forth. And she's like, maybe we don't want to promise anything. And she's like, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll pull it up by my own bootstraps and I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll make all the money. Please, mom, let me do the thing. And I feel like the mom wants to just say yes, but keeps deferring back to Pat. You're in charge of the family now, as according to the, the Bible. So I have to- Pat, who is a new actor and less cool in this movie. Definitely less cool. This is a, maybe this is just a weird, maybe I'm projecting, but it's weird that you costs him bad <laughs> the first time that happened in this movie i was like wait what We're, no he's that's pat we don't call him dad right <laughs> it's not even richard carnes anymore you are down one borland and you're still <laughs> trying to convince me to call this a this i don't know mashed potato man which is not which is just an energy he exudes. This is not a, a jab at anybody's weight. I want to make that clear. It's right. just, this is what comes to mind whenever I see his face. I think... He just exudes flavorless white potatoes. energy, is what you're Exactly. Saying. You think that you can save it with salt by just adding more white, and it doesn't right. help. It's, it's savory for a little bit until it gets cold, and then you're like, I, don't, I still don't think this is very good. Um... <laughs> My headcanon, and this may just be running based on the fact that you and I determined that Andrea and Tammy were in a relationship last film. Oh, yeah. But my headcanon is that Weird Grumpy Pat is just, like, quietly homophobic, and he has he has read this relationship, and he would prefer not to encourage it. You may be onto something there. I feel like he might be low-key okay with these girls spending a little less time together. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so she's going to spend the summer raising money. Uh, initially by babysitting noah for which she earns nine american dollars yeah i that's whenever i was upset with the parents it's whenever they handed her nine i was upset with everybody throughout that whole course of thing she was like i know what i can do to make money watch my sibling you could pay me for that mom and the mom's like yeah i could i could do that and then she does but it's only nine dollars and so i'm 
I'm confused about who I'm supposed to be more upset with. <laughs> the fact that this young girl wants to be paid for just looking after her little brother. Sure, sure. Or yeah. the mom for being like, $9 sounds right. <laughs> Even in 2003, that was ridiculous. Are you kidding me? I didn't know a single person who babysit less for than like yeah. 20, 30 bucks. <laughs> for multiple hours, too. She make like three bucks an hour. Yeah. What's going on? But this is also just a place where I bump up against this movie because I didn't like I didn't grow up in a wealthy family. We were lower middle class for my childhood and then like squarely middle class as I got older. But my my dad had this very firm belief that like I shouldn't have to like get a job and concern myself with money until it became like truly necessary. So he had this longstanding policy, which of course mom was on board with as well. That like they just gave me gave me money for stuff, not like an unending supply of money. Again, we didn't have a ton of money, but when things came up that definitely were cool for me to do my parents were just like yes here you go here's the money to do that thing you would like to do and we sort of operate on a similar policy with ivy is is like she doesn't have an allowance or anything we just make sure that she has the money to do things when she needs to do things and the idea of parents who could see their child's heart breaking right like her her best friend if, if her her girlfriend whatever the parents read that relationship to be has just moved their daughter's having a very hard time she has an opportunity to go spend a few weeks with that friend and they're not just like yeah of course We'll do whatever we need to to make that happen is infuriating to me. We have so we have very different opinions. <laughs> every time every time this comes up on the show, I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna act like my parents were necessarily monsters with sure. money. Like whenever especially whenever I was young. Uh, and like I have a few notable moments in my life where I'm like, I was re I really wanted a thing whenever I was younger, you know, up until I was around maybe Andrea's age. And my parents, and by my parents, I mean my mother, would cater sure. get it for me. But the oh my god, Mark, the ideas that our family had about labor and <laughs> what you deserve, so different. So I remember I, very actively having a conversation when I was in tenth grade, so I just turned sixteen with my dad because a buddy of mine, their family owns a small business, and it offered to like you know give me a job over the summer working for them. And right. I brought it up to my parents, like, hey, I'm sixteen, I could get this job for. This. And I very clearly remember my dad saying like hey i'm not going to tell you not to do this if you really want to but very soon you're going to have to spend the rest of your life working and my preference would be for you to enjoy your summer so like if this is the thing that you really want to do go for it but this if this is a thing that you are doing because you need money to enjoy your summer just talk to us and we'll kind of work out a budget and figure out some ways so that you don't have to do that mark this is why you're a good dad and i don't <laughs> want children this is that's it Mark, I want you to understand from the time that I was basically like 12 years old, every weekend I was mowing lawns for other people. <laughs> and I was promised at various points, oh, I'll start paying you. And that never, ha never fucking happened. Wow. If it ever got brought up to be like, hey, I maybe give me a little bit of money for all this help of you doing your own lawn service. <laughs> but, like, you're not doing this out of the kindness of your own heart, and then you wouldn't pay me. But you're doing this to make money off of people and then not giving money to your child, which you are forcing to work every weekend. Sure. <laughs> And it was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that your folks were just like, it was 16 and you were like, get a job. Like from the time that I was like 14 years old, they shoved it down my throat at any 
Wow. Like any moment to be like, I was working at your age. I was working for my dad and he was paying me under the table doing X, Y, and Z. Right, like, that's right. Just, that's childhood. You were being exploited. Why is this? It was a very defining moment in my life as a as a young person where my dad's just like, listen, you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to work for your whole life. Why are you trying to rush it? No, that oof. it's so weird when parents treat their children like they love them and they're not burdens. It's it's weird how you can just do that. This is why we periodically have very different experiences with movies involving children. Because I look at this movie and my whole read was like why aren't you just treating your child like you love them and want to help them? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going like, no, yeah, like why, yeah, of course. <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes you regress in your journey as an adult, sure. looking back at your childhood and being like, yeah, I did deserve better. I was a kid and I'm like, you know, everything. And then you hear shit like this, and. <laughs> <laughs> then you hear shit like this and you're like, no, I, d- oh my God, Ew. <laughs> the bars on the fucking floor. I, <laughs> I heard a statistic that like, you have to only get shit right when you're raising kids, like 30% of the time for them to end up well adjusted. And okay. Like, okay. Wow. That is encouraging like, to me as a parent who frequently worries that I'm getting things wrong. I feel like 30% is a, uh, is an attainable percentage. You would think, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, and yet <laughs> and yet oh my god so we got we have to continue because <laughs> otherwise this would just be a therapy session go on what's gonna happen in this film right is that andrea is going to make money by pet sitting that's going to be kind of the big through line of the second act of this film yeah. so not richard carnes and andrea's mom are going away for Again, I'm not. I'm unclear on the passage of time in this film. Either several days or perhaps an entire month to some sort of veterinary conference. Was it the end of the school year? Whenever they like, when like they never showed these kids going to school. No, they're always home. I think this movie is supposed to start like right at the beginning of summer. I think that's the only way it makes sense. But then I'm also like, how long did I? Yeah, Doug and Gordon are just hanging out here for like a month casing in the museum. It seems to me like mom and dad just wanted any excuse to get away. Sure. (laughs) What they're doing is backdooring a honeymoon into this conference. Exactly. Exactly, Mark. (laughs) Thank you for finding a a tactful way of saying the parents are off fucking. Yeah, absolutely. And apparently grandma is going to be watching them. Yep. Grandma Grandma is the primary adult figure through most of this movie. Yes. Grandma has some weird opinions, y'all. I had this moment where I was watching this movie and the like, what what kind of a dog is this that she... No, I don't remember. I do not remember. You don't? A tiny okay. dog. A tiny dog. Sure. In our, maybe its name is Toodle? Because that's, that's right. It notes. is Toodle. That's right. Toodle is the name of the dog. Okay. Toodle is the name of the dog. See, that could be a breed. That could be like a poodle terrier. I, right? Oh, maybe you're right. You know? Maybe I mistook that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You tell I thought me. Toodle was the name of the dog. <laughs> when that lady showed up uh, with her dog, I was like, why didn't they get that one lady who's in all the things to, to, to be this lady? And it's because she's the grandma in this movie. Sure. <laughs> so, so a couple of things here. Grandma's grandma's uh-huh. come to watch the Andrea and Noah. She's brought a, a parrot with her. 
That's how the parrot ends up in this film. Yeah. And also, as you point out, there's another older woman who owns the dog named Toodle, who very much seems to just be an alternate version of Grandma. Very much. <laughs> She's just a chromo variant of Grandma. You know when you walk into your church as a kid and there's just like this gang of older ladies? That <laughs> right. It's right. Just, yes. And they all look like different <laughs> chroma key swabs of each yes. other. That's what's going on here. <laughs> So, so Andrea watches this dog named Toodle, does a good job, mm-hmm. and then decides like, oh, there's way more money in pet sitting than there is in Noah sitting. So that's going to be my summer job. And then we have a montage of dog sitting. And there's a point in this where like she gets $40 for babysitting the Toodle. Yeah. This lady basically joins her street team after this. Yeah. It's... It is absurd. And during this montage, we have we have her being like, we're, we're almost there. And there's like 20 fucking dogs in her yard at the same time during this montage. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you're halfway there? You got $40 for the first one. There's 20 fucking dogs here. You got $600. <laughs> right. You have enough money. I don't understand. What are, you, are you just really, really bad at math? <laughs> Did the turtle not pay out the weight? Because she's also dogs. It's a turtle at one point. Yes. Yep, that just yep. was that like. Did you do that pro bono or what? <laughs> <laughs> at one point, she's. Oh, we should mention the neighbor boy because he is now in this movie. He moved I into guess. Tammy's house. He has a bead necklace. He plays beach volleyball at the beach that exists in this town somewhere. <laughs> I guess I don't like him. I don't want him here. <laughs> I mean, he's barely relevant to the movie. It's not like you can mostly pretend he's not here. He is just the vector through which volleyball is introduced to this film. He's here to impetulantly remind Andrea to keep her eye on the ball. And that seems to be most of his dialogue through this entire film. (laughs) And there's a point where I'm just like, shut the fuck up, you condescending son of a bitch. (laughs) You don't have to keep saying, keep your eye on the ball. (laughs) That's that's all that most sports coaches have though like that's the one piece of advice that's it yes they're at one point they're in a game he's like only see the ball nothing else and i'm like that's just bad advice <laughs> spatial awareness is important in fact absolutely <laughs> especially when you have five other people on your side of the court with you <laughs> so he's here he plays volleyball with bud at one point like across the mm-hmm. fence it's fine. Yeah. That's that's what he's doing in this film. In a better movie, that would have been a good moment with them yeah. playing volleyball across the fence. It's not because it's this movie, <laughs> sure. but in a better movie, it could have been good. I don't mind this neighbor boy. I, as, as I think I've mentioned earlier, I mostly like him because he does just seem to want to hang out and maybe be a friend. At no point does it does it feel to me like he is a weird, toxic bro trying to to go out with her. So by by nature of being inoffensive, he at least doesn't annoy me. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but he's like literally occupying the space that Bits wants. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> occupied. And as Graham inexplicably, Graham Graham points out within the context of this uh-huh. film, friendship is a zero-sum game. Tammy is gone and there is <laughs> yes. now a Tammy-shaped hole for which uh this guy whose name i forget he's there's now room for him as a friend and with hair like that it's impossible for him to fit in that hole so i don't understand <laughs> this is a really weird take from graham right where she's like no, well, you I, lost a friend so now you got room for another friend it, it really feels like graham graham doesn't understand what gay people are <laughs> which is weird because i also kind of think she's a closet lesbian sure no i would absolutely clock that yep <laughs> It's very weird that she somehow occupies both spaces in this movie. (laughs) 
But she's just like, there's a neighbor boy. Maybe go hang out with a nice neighbor boy. A nice neighbor boy. There's a, you could be friends. Maybe there's room in your life now that your old friend, who you definitely weren't in love with, <laughs> is gone. Maybe there's room in your life for somebody else right. who literally lives in her house. <laughs> At some point in, in, in and around here, Andrea's babysitting, as you point out, about 20 dogs simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the device which moves the plot forward is this mm-hmm. parrot learning to meow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the parrot's sitting in front of what is supposed to be, I think, like a meow mix, like a knockoff meow mix commercial yeah it seems to be what they're going for yeah and i think it is like a legally distinct version of the meow mix commercial yeah that's exactly what they're doing 100 <laughs> percent. they could not get it past legal to clear the actual meow mix jingle <laughs> right. and said we'll roll with it it's fine <laughs> so the parrot learns to meow and then flies away meowing so that 20 dogs chase him down the road you're due <laughs> They get, Noah, don't leave the gate open before, like, he's like, Noah, the gate. This is before Noah even opens the yep. fucking gate. It's a bad Infuriating. cut. Infuriating. <laughs> Infuriating. You could have just, if you just would have cut the, the footage of Noah opening the gate before that line delivery, perfect. That's, you. yeah, that's a problem you solve literally in the edit bay. I don't understand. <laughs> so Noah does leave the gate open and 20 dogs chase a bird to the state sure. carnival or to... I don't know. Uh, I, I think somewhere in the notes I have the a million dogs chase a meowing bird through an antique vase convention. Why would a dog do that? I don't I understand. Do I do I not know. This is so weird. And they just run through what I think is supposed to be like a flea market, like an outdoor flea market or something. Sure. Yeah. But it's like an antiques roadshow outdoor flea market where there are $500 vases for sale. Is this what middle class white people do? No, I maybe <laughs> I d- I don't know that I've ever really been middle class. I, I think we operate have street as fairs people. with hundred dollar vases. You know the joke where they're like someone's curled in a ball in a corner saying I'm not owned, I'm not owned while being owned. Um, I feel like that was my family with being poor. They're just like we're okay. not, we're, we're not owned all the time. In reality, we've always been poor. And we've just really been trying to convince ourselves we're not. Uh, a five hundred dollar vase had a maybe. I feel like that's about adequate pricing based off of everything else I know about flea markets. Sure, people who show up and they're like, they're just like, I'm I macrame this pair of jean shorts seven hundred dollars. So so this whole team of dogs wrecks the street fair, and Andrea has to use uh-huh. all of her money to reimburse all of the vendors for the damage caused by the dogs. Right. Thankfully, the $500 vase didn't break because, bud, how how would you describe what happened here? Did he catch it? I don't. It's stupid. That's what happens here. (laughs) Something supremely stupid happens. (laughs) The vase is flying through the air. Yep. Imagine, listener, if you haven't seen the movie, because I wouldn't blame you. (laughs) Uh, You're only here to hear what we think about it. Uh, The Imagine a pot from Zelda yep. <laughs> flying through <laughs> the air and the dog's like, I'm going to stop it with my face. And he, <laughs> he jumps up like he's going to hit a ball, but instead he, he just like, <laughs> he just bits his face. 
perfectly into the shape of the hole uh, of the, the, the giant flying vase, and it doesn't smash and fly everywhere. Is that vase made it's of plastic? Ridiculous. If this were any other dog, that vase would have broken that dog's neck. It makes the noise you think it would make. I can't... <laughs> I can't recreate it on microphone, like, confidently, but you know right. the one. Whatever sound you're thinking of that it would make, the movie makes that noise. Yeah, the noise that is like a reverse suction cup somehow. Exactly. Yeah, that one. That's the one. Oh my goodness. It's so much. Man, okay. So that happens. So Andrea doesn't have any money now. Polly is embarrassed or ashamed, I think. Polly the bird is wandering through town muttering, I wish grandma never brought that bird. Oh, because somebody else says that. Somebody yeah. like, I think like the little kid says it. That's the feels right. That? It is a weirdly morose moment when the bird is just muttering it to itself as it wanders through like a dark street corner. This is what, this is my favorite thing. I've been so excited to talk about this exact. Oh, uh, Somehow this Mark. movie made me feel bad for the parrot. Oh my god. I I do not like the parrot throughout all of this movie because I don't like a parrot that has that much I don't like a parrot that thinks it's a human. But when the bird is like there's this like dark lighting and the bird's like wandering along a gutter muttering, I wish grandma never bought this bird, I felt so bad for that bird in that moment. Yeah, I distinctly had a moment (laughs) where let me see if I can find it in my notes and we'll cut it together to sound good and pose. Oh, I feel bad for the bird. I hope he joins the bad guys. Or they steal him, I guess. <laughs> or a doll of him, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing is, I was so angry at this movie for making me care about this bird. Because I enjoy hating yeah. this parrot. He shows up. He's immediately the sort of, like, he falls exactly into the lazy storytelling trope of, like, oh, it's a talking parrot. So clearly it has full human agency. Immediately on board. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great. They did exactly the thing I don't like them doing. And then this movie made me feel bad for the parrot. And I was like, so I had a moment where I was like, oh man, that sucks, that parrot. And then that moment was immediately followed by white hot rage at the script writers for making me care about this parrot. <laughs> no, I wanted more parrot. I really, <laughs> there's a, there's this moment where this parrot's just lonely and wandering around. And I'm like, this is my vibe. Sad pet movie. Let's go. <laughs> And they immediately abandon it. Immediately they abandon it. (laughs) Sad Parrot definitely has more emotional impact than anything else in this movie. I I spend a lot of time being mad at California Boy and Grandma and not mad at the parrot at all. I like the parrot. (laughs) And he does then, you are correct, get kidnapped by the thieves, I guess, Doug and Gordon for assistance. Because what they've done is, by way of posing as plumbers, they have gotten into the museum. They have discovered that the Jewel of Eternity is being kept behind like a Mission Impossible sequence of laser alarms. But there is like a vent access to it. Yeah. And they need something small to crawl through the vent. So they're going to kidnap Bud. They see Bud. And they're like, oh, perfect. This intelligent dog yeah. that can win dog contests can definitely get the gem for us. Let's kidnap the bird so that we can use the bird to kidnap the dog. We haven't brought that up yet. Because whenever I saw that happen the first time, what I wrote down in my notes was, Sparley and Fade want the dog to Catherine Zeta-Jones the jewel. <laughs> Correct. That is exactly followed, right. Followed by about the fifth time so far that I had to mention in all caps, oh my God, this girl is so gay. 
(laughs) What we haven't talked about, but I feel like we need to talk about in this movie, Mark, is the aggressively 2003 fashion that is happening. Sure. Oh, yeah. It is egregious. It is an embarrassment that anyone ever let us dress this way. (laughs) The second we're introduced to Andrea in this movie... She's wearing, like, what I call a jerk. It's a, a jean skirt. Sure. Yep. <laughs> like, her and her and Bits, before she moves away, come walking out of the school. I guess on the last day of classes. I guess yep. we figured out her time paradox. As they're walking out, before she jumps into the fucking pond or whatever in a, in a jerk. Don't do yep. that. <laughs> also, I need to stop saying jerk. I don't like how it feels on my tongue. <laughs> anyway, I was like, you look like every youth group girl that I knew <laughs> In 2003, both of them did. They walked out and I was like, oh my god. It is an embarrassment how you all are dressed. And then, like, not Jamie. What? Are, what? Are, what's his name? No, Dime Store Jamie. Um, yep. <laughs> he is wearing shorts that go all the way down to his fucking socks. <laughs> and it made me so mad. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what are you doing? And I famously... Do not really care about fashion. Like I find sure, a lot right. of fashion just a, a bunch of elitist bullshit. But it's just very embarrassing looking at <laughs> something that I had to live through and it was so normalized. Looks so aggressively awful. <laughs> but this is like the age of Jinkos. So what do I know? <laughs> Where are we in this actual film? We're at the point where, like, she's starting to learn volleyball, I think? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because because neighbor boy, whose name we don't remember or care to look up, shows up and says, like, oh, hey, I know you were trying to get to California, and you had to give all of your money to the vase street vendors but good news yes. the, like the the championship of the beach volleyball team what what i guess there's a league i don't know whatever somehow there's a championship mm-hmm. game and the winners get a trip to malibu to watch gabrielle reese playing beach volleyball sure is that the name of the the volleyball lady at the end yeah that is gabby reese usually i hate the one last thing tags in these movies where we go see a professional sports person and the dog is there sure (laughs) but this time i was like yo this girl's great i i'm very happy i stuck around for this (laughs) in the least creepy manner possible i was like okay look you got my butt in the seat if you should you should put this in the trailer i'm i'm on board (laughs) so all right so he shows up and he's like hey you can go to malibu it's in california so definitely close to your friend right yeah because that's how it works every state is the smallest fucking washington (laughs) yeah the whole movie they're playing this thing out where it's like i have to have money to get to california and immediately i'm like okay so that's gonna be the sports thing she learns how to play volleyball because she used the prize to get to california and i'm just waiting for the movie to get there And these movies reliably do a thing every time where they trick me, Mark, where I'm like, (laughs) hurry up and get to the dog playing sports. And the dog playing sports is always the worst part of the movie. (laughs) That's why we, that's how they got our butt in the seats. Yep. Because they didn't put Gabby Reese in the trailer. And yet it's the worst. It's their whole thing. It's the whole reason these movies exist. And it is reliably the worst part of them. 
I and don't understand movie, how that's possible. They push it off as far as they possibly can. Like we don't even start engaging with the volleyball yeah. team as a thing until what? Maybe okay. the last thirty minutes of the film. We're, yeah, we're like two thirds of the way through this thing. Yeah, by the time like volleyball even becomes a part of this movie, and I thought the whole time again, just these films continually lowering my expectations. The whole time I'm like. Let's get to the volleyball stuff because that's going to be the good bit, right? And then retroactively, I'm like, oh man, all that stuff before the volleyball was so much better. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything happening here is just not good. It's just yep. montage after montage of this boy being like, keep your eye on the ball. I ball you. That's where it needs to be. He's like, this is how you put your hands and spike the ball. And she's like, like this? And like explicitly show it on camera or doing it incorrectly. And he's like, yeah, that's it. which is why i don't buy the whole like he's non-threatening thing i think he's just a terrified teenage boy and it's just playing the proximity game out that's i think he's just like (laughs) i don't know how to talk to women but if i'm just around her enough maybe something will happen (laughs) she'll eventually notice me that's how it always works (laughs) so she already fell in love with somebody who lived in this (laughs) before For the first chunk of this podcast, we're just hitting the hour uh-huh. recording mark. I don't know where we'll be at in the actual podcast. I was like, oh, sure. man, we're taking a long time to talk about this. This episode's going to run long. Now no, I fear that the episode is going to run short because there's basically nothing left of this movie. There really isn't. We do get to meet Coach McKay. Let's talk for a minute about Coach McKay. Mark, I had this visceral reaction. I was like, oh, I hate this guy. And then about five seconds later, I was like, it's the umpire from the baseball one. <laughs> I was like, that's why I hate him. <laughs> I've seen Amazing. his stupid face before in these movies. Because they, you know, because they have a rotating cast of like 12 people in the sure, Air yep, Butterverse. Yep. <laughs> and half of those are just new people playing the principal characters every movie. Uh, <laughs> but all the recurring roles just ha- gets one guy playing five different roles. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I hate this guy. He just creeps me out. I don't like him. <laughs> It is. He's he's here. I don't know that he does any coaching. I'm not sure what his role is in relation to the team. I guess he's technically their coach, but he does no coaching. No. Maybe they just need an adult to like officially certify the team as their. So it's like, ah, whatever. This guy's around. Put your hat on weird and stand in the background. We'll call you the California boy wandered into a video shack and was like, you want to pretend to be a coach? I'll pay you 20 bucks every time. (laughs) And then they so Andrea is now playing volleyball, uh, not because she cares uh-huh. about volleyball at all. She just needs to get no. to Malibu. So we'll have a couple of montages of her learning to play volleyball. She learns a little bit, and then they lose a game to the Riverside Rats. I think sure the twice over champions of beach volleyball. <laughs> and again, we could. It feels like in a better movie, there's a moment here where we could have had this like nice little arc to center on where she's like not immediately good at volleyball. And they try yep. to give us that. They try to have her cake and eat it too. Where like, she like, she scores the last goal. And for once, it's not the fucking dog. Volleyball goals. <laughs> look, I know volleyball. I Look, I knew volleyball from IQ. I knew well sure. enough to be like, <laughs> so the dog's going to be the setter. Right. Because that's the only role that makes sense for him to play. <laughs> he certainly wouldn't be like the Libero, though. That would be very entertaining to watch. <laughs> he does get I a, think I think a spike or two movie. inexplicably, right? That moment where he jumps up and he like blocks it with his paws. <laughs> where I'm like, I want this to be the whole movie. Movie, give me that movie. That's what... 
that's cocaine beer gave me that movie mark <laughs> you know <laughs> and so that's what i want from this kind of ridiculous premise but everybody never gives me that so at some point there's a volleyball montage again and we see uh-huh. andrea getting better at volleyball but then somebody named tasha who is technically in this movie is taken off the volleyball team yeah, I can't remember why Tasha can't play, but it seemed like a really ridiculous reason. I think it was just her parents said so. I I'm sure there must have been some reason her parents said so. There but my memory something. of it was she's just like, my dad says I can't play volleyball anymore. And that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And we're just not going to unpack that. Did anybody ever go check <laughs> to see if Tasha was okay? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Tasha's gone. Get Buddy in there. Uh, they do this like they do this thing that in a better movie we could call it where Andrea runs off to go get her brother and like he's way too young to play volleyball. Couldn't be him. And he comes around the corner. And it's like oh it's the it is the kid. And then <laughs> Grandma comes around the corner. And they're like an old lady. She can't play volleyball. What? And then the dog comes around the corner and everyone cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> you're both so happy to see this dog all of you are very happy to see this dog and yet no one knows who this dog is right. nobody sees the dog and is like oh shit it's air bud we established in the last film that bud is a celebrity like he runs through town and the entire town's like how you doing today bud what's up buddy yeah, i his children are also just gone they're, <laughs> they're nope. like they replace them presumably after this with all of the buddies and then none of the older dogs ever come back <laughs> <laughs> They just went to live on a farm upstate somewhere. Yep. <laughs> We're going to care about the young kids. The next the next litter. Those last ones don't matter. Yeah. We <laughs> failed to mention, and I only, only bring this up now because Buddy's going to go missing shortly. We failed yep. to mention that the dog show prize was free ice cream for a year. Oh, yeah. And so this little child is running around town and they keep stopping to get ice cream. And nope. I, Mark. I again I I'm taking some like hard swings this episode coming sure. up being I'm not anti-child y'all it's just <laughs> not for me other kids great other people's sure. kids awesome I'm, you have a daughter who seems lovely but here's the thing that little shit gremlin looking up at me with his fucking face covered in chocolate ice cream Gross. Yep. It's disgusting. I, it, yeah, it is it, gross. Yep. You're not wrong it, there. I'm sorry. I know kids are messy, but like I famously did not even like being messy as a kid. Like I don't like. <laughs> There's a I minute in this movie <laughs> and it's going back a ways because it's like the first time he gets yeah. ice cream because Pat the vet uh-huh. is still in town. His dad's still in yes. town. And he shows yes. up and his dad tastes the ice cream and off his face. That was gross enough. But there's this little stretch where he gets this big fucking cone of double dip blue ice cream. His yep. face is covered in blue ice cream. Then the dog is eating the ice cream with him. And I want to, like, it's making me feel sick to my stomach watching it. I'm like, <laughs> this is disgusting. I Somebody vomits in this movie and it's not the most vomit worthy moment of this movie. <laughs> I, this is where this child is like sharing ice cream with a dog while his face is covered in nasty. Yeah. All I can think about is just the sticky, nasty grossness and saliva of the child all across his face. Yeah. I want to just go yak. I hate it. I, it's, it's gross. <laughs> must have been a rough movie for you then because that happens multiple times in this movie every single time i me and this kid already did not start off on the right foot and it did not <laughs> in, help endear him to me whatsoever when he is just continually covered in gross i'm right. not I, i'm not having a good time good for you kid you got your ice cream you're a little messy kids are messy why does this kid never clean his own face 
I understand that this is just how neurotypical kids are, and they can just be messy. <laughs> but I am not. I was not one of them, and I am not a neurotypical adult. And it's just <laughs> it's too much. It, I, sometimes I just think of like I'll have a thought of something gross, and I like have a, a gag replay happen. Sure, I, like I sure. will. Gro- I can't do it. <laughs> so where are we in this film? Oh, I don't know. I don't know why we took that tangent. Oh, it was important because the dog's getting stolen while he's going to Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Doug and Gordon are going to utilize Polly to kidnap Bud. That's just <laughs> what happens. That's, that's, that's it. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, they stole the bird so that they could get the dog. Yep. And now they have the dog to go steal the jewel. It's... Yes. It's... <laughs> It feels really like this was way more complicated than it needed to be. Way more complicated. How long have they been in town? Because at some point, Andrea mentions that half the summer's gone, and then several more weeks of volleyball happen. Mark, how come that parrot can't get the jewel? Uh, it's, it's a very good question. Right. <laughs> that parrot clearly is high intelligence. Why do they still need the dog? And then my, I get even more infuriated. Because this, the dog crawls through the ventilation shaft. He solid snakes his ass in there to yep. get the jewel. Rather than returning through the same vent, he goes through the laser. <laughs> that is also a good question. Yep. Why? What movie? <laughs> I, I, what? Why did? If you wanted to do the dogs, catheterizated jonesing through lasers, that's fine. I'm on board. Sure. Don't yep. don't have him get in through the vent then. It's a funny. But if he can get in through the vent, he can get out through the. <laughs> I'm mm, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and he's only doing it because Polly's life is threatened because Bud's not a thief. Yeah. Bud is a super dog or whatever. Right. But Polly's life is in danger. So Bud steals the gem. And as soon as Polly sets himself free, Bud is going to, you know, he's going to freestyle. He's going to intentionally set off the last alarm to wake up yeah. the security guard. And then he's going to run away to give the gem to the sheriff. This is the other part where I have some a bone to pick with this sheriff. Okay, okay. Look, I know how cops are with dogs. I'm, sure. They, look, if there's a dog anywhere around them, that dog's dying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the fact that this, and I know it's super dog, like Buddy Fram that we're talking about here. Sure. <laughs> and we've very much established that Golden Retrievers are the white supremacist breed. <laughs> In previous episodes. So, like, maybe that's where the, the leeway is coming from. Um, maybe. But. <laughs> Bud's a thin blue line dog. Th- we know this dog <laughs> is hyper intelligent. Yep. Why are we dismissing it out of hand that this dog wanted to steal this gym? Right. <laughs> if it was a chocolate lab, that dog would be dead. That is all I am saying. Yep. That's all I'm saying, Mark. <laughs> But no, it's a white lab, a golden retriever, so instead, they're going to take it for some ice cream. Yes. That tracks, actually. <laughs> yep. 100%. You got a right movie. Unintended cultural critique, it. exactly correct. <laughs> so then they're going to make it back to play on the end of the, of the big volleyball game. And then they play the big volleyball game, and surprise, they win. <laughs> they win the volleyball game. Shocking, I know. And then uh, she gets to go see her girlfriend. Uh, and this is my this is the one plate where I the one point where I do register a complaint against whoever generic boy is. I, I still don't know his name. Yeah. Is that Andrea and Tammy are, are sitting beside each other. It's like, ah, oh, great, perfect, mm-hmm. cute. And then the camera pans a little wire. It's like, boy is sitting on the other side. Like, Get out of there, boy. You got to know. You yeah, got to read the sure. room, pal. This is what I'm talking about. I don't, we don't need it. <laughs> we, get out of here. We don't need you here. 
Well, they could have found another way to get you to play volleyball. All we need is a flyer in this rinky-dink town <laughs> for her to walk past and be like, oh, there's a volleyball competition. Yep, that would have done. Grand prize trip to Malibu. Great. Okay. Problem solved. Know how I would have done it? This is not an I can fix this because I don't care enough about this movie. <laughs> You have a subplot where the Molly's owner is in it. And like, she's in town for the summer because she was like their old coach, right? Yep. Yep. She's like, hey, I'm back in town, like coaching volleyball for the summer. Like, you should try out. Like, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, yeah that would have done it. So that's basically it. We we do. They are there to watch Gabby Reese and Air Bud play, I think, mixed doubles beach volleyball. Yeah, I guess. Which, I mean, I don't understand how this dog just... He plays like what it amounts to little league sports and then is immediately in the pros every sport. But then we never see him ever playing the major league sport ever again. It's no. just, it's just, he's a, just a ringer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, he's just a random miracle dog that they bring in. <laughs> they didn't even try. There was never even a moment this time of like, Oh, uh, the goalie got injured or something. It's like, no, here's uh-huh. Bud playing volleyball. No, Bud's just here in a black t-shirt playing volleyball for some reason <laughs> with Gabby Reese. Is it ranking time, Mark? It's ranking time, man. That is the end of the movie. The last half hour of the movie goes by quickly in beach volleyball montage. Sure does. I'm glad to, I'm glad the gay couple are back together. I'm yeah, it's happened. very nice. It's very nice. So here's where we perhaps diverge on this movie a bit. I actually think this is a pretty, like, it's bad. This is a very bad movie. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Like, top to bottom, this is a bad movie. But in terms of bad children, movies it holds together a lot better than the previous two for me it's got a couple of plots there's characters that I actually care about I, okay. I understand what the villains are doing even if what they're doing is just stealing a diamond at least that they're not like living in mm-hmm. a trailer trying to sell dog DNA to Bo Jackson or whatever sure uh, I don't I don't like the little brother but now this movie I mean it plays like a I don't know, like an ABC family movie from the 80s that just airs on a Sunday afternoon one time and then you don't Sounds hear from right. it again. Sure. It's it's that caliber of movie, but it, it works. It has it has a couple of plot lines that all tie themselves up. I'm fine with this movie. It's not a great I'm not excited about this movie. It's a bad movie, but again, it mm-hmm. I do not have the sort of systemic complaints about it that I did some of the other ones. That's fair. So somehow I think this is my second favorite Air Bud movie. Oh, my God. The one with the parrot in it. If I had yeah. to watch one of them again, if you were going to make me watch an Air Bud movie again, and I had to mm-hmm. pick from the four that are not Air Bud, I would pick this one without too much of a thought. So my ranking is number one, Air Bud. Number two, Air Bud spikes back. And then seventh inning fetch at number three, golden receiver at number four, and world pup all the way down at number five. I I don't think I'm breaking from you too, too much. (laughs) Because, like, this is not world pup levels of bad. I still think world pup is the one that just upset me the most of all of these. I had a bad time watching that movie. Actively had a bad time. Uh, seventh inning fetch I felt like was pretty unremarkable I do still kind of feel like Golden Receiver was a better movie that's probably fair really the gay is doing a lot of heavy lifting for me sure, sure. <laughs> shocking is that like we have not like they're never going to admit to it the creators of this film but like we do just have like a, a queer lead for this whole movie sure <laughs> <laughs> like with very queer motivations whether again they want to 
So, God, man, it is just below Golden Receiver for me for That's all fair. of those That's reasons. Fair. I think Golden Receiver just holds together a little bit more as a movie. <laughs> man, the, the little kid in this, I hate him. It's I, bad. I don't like him. this character. It just yep. annoys, annoys me. Like, it, I, he's very gross and sticky, and children are gross and sticky, and I don't like gross yep. and sticky. Yep, that's that's fair. When adults are gross and sticky, I also don't like adults that are gross and sticky. It's really <laughs> tangential to the fact that he's a child and just incidental. <laughs> All that said, children suck, gang. What up? <laughs> Airbud Spikes Back is going to have to go at number three for me. Airbud World Pup, the worst Airbud movie so far. Uh, and that we're going to cover in the foreseeable future on this program. <laughs> Four seventh inning fetch, three Airbud spikes back, two golden receiver, number one Airbud, the only movie where it makes sense to call this dog Airbud. <laughs> we have pretty notably different rankings here. Well, yeah, a few things are moved around. I mean, I don't think it's that. It's really just two things of a lot of places, but <laughs> our our first and last movies are the same, but our middle three are divergent. <laughs> Well, I've got I've got good news for you, and that we're done with this franchise. That is the last Thank of the Air Bud movies we're watching. What are we yeah, watching we, next? Next time we're going to get back to movies that aren't abominations. With <laughs> <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. The third one sucks is a retrograde orbit radio production. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends and make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you want to get in touch or share suggestions about what we could cover in the future, you can contact us on Twitter at the third one sucks or email us at the third one sucks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel.